the slide and I be so it's a homicide. Hello, welcome to Hearsay. I'm Diane Neal, and with me, as always, is my trusty producer, Danny. Hi, Danny. How are you today? Hi, Diane. I'm fabulous as usual. How are you? Are you? I'm I'm really sleepy. As I told you, today's Palm Sunday. Uh-oh. Valve's on, Valve's on the... He, Valve always knows when we're taping. He's like... Wow. <laughs> Um, it's Palm Sunday, so I was at church, and then it's my my last church <laughs> here. I'm, my last Sunday here at church, because as you know, I'm moving. I'm not sure if the people in podcast world know I'm moving, but I'm moving to go hang out with my mom in Florida for a little while. The beautiful so, sunshine state. That is the sun, the state of people eating each other's faces nude on the side of the highway. <laughs> Yay, I'm pretty bad excited. Salts. Yay, bath salt indeed, Danny. I'm so glad you you knew the reference. <laughs> and um, but I was at Palm Sunday, but so you know, when you you're leaving church and you're a pretty active church member, and then like so it takes a long time to say goodbye. And then I walked home. I don't know why. And it was like beautiful out, but like not warm. Does that make sense? Like it was deceptively cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then I like it's I like got, sunny. It seems like it's warm. Right. You're and you expect it because you're like, it's April. And then you realize that you're going to get hypothermia. Exactly. And I still yeah. had a coat on and I was like, I'm cold. But part of that's because I'm in this like very floral dress, <laughs> which like, I love. We were just you. talking about that before we started recording. But like, yeah, I fell face first onto the couch. Like, I didn't walk the dog. I didn't do anything. I was just like face down on the couch and just out for like an hour and a half. <laughs> Like so you're like groggy old lady right now. I am. And I'm like, I also have, you know, when you're moving, you have so much stuff to do. Yeah. Like there's so much stuff to do. And I have a huge paper due on Wednesday. And I've got mm. to drive out to the Rockaways tomorrow. You're like, boo-hoo. I'm like, yeah, but it's far, Danny. <laughs> and I gotta pick up my surfboards and stuff. And and I'm like, you know, I just need to sleep. You Are you gonna be doing lot. some surfing in Florida? Uh, yeah. I mean, if I did surfing in New York City every day for two years, then yeah. Do you definitely. surf every day? I did. Like, not not now that I'm back in Manhattan, but when I was in Rockaway. So, like, that was the beauty of, like, oh, wow. like living from place to place to place on the lam mm-hmm. from convicted stalker. <laughs> <laughs> you got to live some pretty obscure and exciting places. Yeah. And uh, one of them was Rockaway, which is the only urban surf beach in North America, which is in New York City, which is way out in Queens. And it's actually one of the most beautiful, amazing, loving, it sounds like, and I'm no hippie. We've met. Look at me. Like, I'm not, (laughs) I'm like, I love my vegan friends and stuff, but like, you know, it's, it's not my personal vibe. And I fell in love with this quinoa community and like the surfers out there. And there were, there were like, and it was great. So I'd go out every morning, like at 6am and I also have like every wetsuit known to man, by the way, you know, we'll we'll talk about this more with our guests later, but do you know how hard it was to find like a wetsuit in a size 14? Like, you know, it's like, <laughs> like almost impossible because they, they just assume they're made for like athletic people. Right. So it was it was really funny. 
um, just trying to hunt some of those down. Oregon wow. is where I got them. Clearline Surf Shop in Oregon is oh, where wow. I found most of them. Dang. But so I'd go out and and um, the ocean is actually so clean now off of New York City, believe it or not, that all the sea life is returned. Oh, so wow. there was like a 7 a.m. pod of dolphins that would, so all the dolphins would like head out from New York and they'd go towards Jersey for the day to go eat. Mm-hmm. And and then they would head back. And so my 7 a.m. pod, wow. like they were hilarious. And they would come and they would mess around with you and they'd like peek everybody with their beady eyes. And like it was really fun. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's amazing. And then it was so great. And then there was a, a 9 a like a 9 30 a.m. pod of dolphins. Mm-hmm. And these guys were jerks. They were like all business and they're like, get the hell out of the way. <laughs> like we're going to eat. <laughs> like they had suits and ties. I'm like they were just like they were very they were not the friendliest pod. They were like Wall Street bros of dolphins. That is so interesting. You like yeah got insight into the societies of dolphins right it was just like but that's like when you spend that much time in the water yeah and then and uh and there would even be like blue whales and stuff out there i mean not as close as the dolphins obviously Mm -hmm. but it was um it was shockingly beautiful and like all the surfers and the community were so good and so that's why my friend uh maria riley who i'm gonna plug here now she's one of the most amazing surf photographers on the planet She's incredible. Yeah. Published Mm -hmm. in all kinds of stuff. She is mind blowingly good. And uh, she lives in Rockaway. And so it was really cool. When I moved back into Manhattan, she offered to keep all my surfboards and my wetsuits and everything out there for me so I could use them. And guess who hasn't used them? (laughs) (laughs) So thanks to Maria and Riley and and, uh, shame on me for not going out. I have to say, though, um, I, I didn't even know that there was surfing in New York. Most people don't because it's weird. Yeah, no, it seems like it'd be way too cold. Yeah, it's the water. You always almost you have to wear a wetsuit most of the year. Okay. And like that's what wetsuits are for. Like, (laughs) yeah. So they still, you still get wet. Like, that's the thing that people don't think they're like, they're like, you don't get wet. It's like you get wet, but it insulates. So, Mm. and the, and the funniest is, um, campaign manager Dan, he used to laugh because like my, my first five millimeter wetsuit, which was like super, super thick. Mm-hmm. And so you have gloves and like the hood, you know, like and everything yeah. else. And he's like, oh, my God. And the shape of my body and the whiteness of my face and everything. He's like, you look like an orca. <laughs> and he's like, we should write something on your back so somebody doesn't hurt you. Like, just in case they think like, oh, my gosh, there's. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and so he decided on because uh, the Rockaways is is unfortunately a really split community. Right. So you have all these like white uh irish american on one side trump voters and on the other side you have a lot of very poor southeast queens projects african-american kind of like the forgotten part of new york and so um he was like i'm gonna make you racial unity orca (laughs) 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 and i can just like pop up around people go hey guys hey everybody how you doing it's racial unity orca let's all get together now oh that's amazing i love yeah. that that was good times uh so we just had a surprise guest racial unity orca yeah racial unity orca my favorite of all the orcas <laughs> i'm uh, trying to i'm drinking a diet coke trying to perk up it's not even in my fridge for me like i don't even drink it it's like yeah, like no. help me diet coke i'm a little groggy myself this morning it's not even morning. It's two thirty six. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> I always do that. I always like say it's the morning time when it's not because it feels me, like it's morning. Just, it's fine. Yeah, we're both groggy. Uh, no, mm-hmm. I slept 
for the first time in a while, like probably like a 12 hour night. Okay. That's mind blowing to me. It's amazing. I'm 30. I'm 31. It's not supposed to happen anymore. But I'm, but like, you know what? Take it when you can get it because it starts going away forever. It was amazing. I woke up and I was going to get out of bed and I was like, let me put on some music on my phone. And then it became the soundtrack to like two more hours of sleep. Okay, that's amazing, Danny. It was awesome. I like, love that so much. I was like very like sedated. It was like happily, oh. like, yeah. Oh, that sounds divine. It was. You know, when I was a kid, I was a kid, I never understood this. Like when it was my mom's birthday and stuff, I'd be like, Mom, Mom. And obviously I have a lot of energy at 45, like as a toddler or young per- kid. It would have been horrifying, I'm sure. But I was like, mom, mom, what do you want for your birthday? And she'd always be like, peace and quiet or like to sleep for a hundred years. And I'm like, that's awful. You can get that anyway. And she's like, <laughs> now I'm like, not so much, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Just take a couple of Ambien's. Oh my God. Can I tell you the last time I took Ambien? So I was, I was like, this is like the craziest. So it was, uh, is 2012. It was Hurricane Sandy my brownstone. So I owned my building and the the garden floor was just wiped out and everything had to be ripped out. Uh, but you, it was really hard to get any kind of workmen or anything to do it. So it was like, basically like me with a chainsaw indoors, wow. like cutting up my furniture and then like pulling out the plaster. It was nuts. What? Yes. Wow. I hated that couch anyway. So I'm kind of, it was kind of cathartic. Like it was awful, but cathartic. Cause like insurance doesn't cover it. It's, it's the worst, even though you pay ungodly sums for flood insurance, anyone out there that's like a homeowner that is, will understand it's, and it covers nothing. It covers absolutely nothing. So I'm ripping out all this stuff and throwing away furniture. Cause you had to get it into like bite-sized pieces. Cause you couldn't even get dumpsters because they were all in use. Because everything was obliterated. So you had to like do it into carable sized chunks, like community dumpsters. Wow. And one night I was like, I was just beat. And the only thing left in the apartment was the pool table. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Which is this pool table that I'd bought Marcus that, that it's so random. I'd gotten him a different one. And then we were at randomly chris rock's house he liked chris rocks and i'd already ordered this one he's like i really love this pool table which is nothing like the one that i'd ordered i'm like damn it so i ordered this one it looked more like the one in chris rock's house and so then it looked like we had like a russian mobsters pool table like it was just (laughs) ridiculous so i get a sleeping bag and i'm sleeping on this pool table and i'm like you know what it's the first time in like a decade that I don't have dogs around. I don't have like spouse around. Like there's nothing around. I'm going to take an Ambien. I never take them. I've got a prescription. I'm going to take one and I'm, I'm going to enjoy myself. Well, I woke up the next day, by the way, I'd already ripped all the flooring out. So it was like down to concrete. I woke up on the concrete buck naked (laughs) with red. There was red everywhere all over me. And I was like, Oh my God. And I'm looking around and there's like, stuff all around me and it's half eaten non at some point i'd ordered indian food i don't know how i paid this is pre like uber eats i don't know how i i don't know how i paid for it i don't know how i ordered it i don't know if i answered the door naked i don't know how like i got any of it and it was just like marsala sauce like just running down my chest <laughs> oh, oh my god there was no that indian food hilarious. in the apartment yeah wow so at wow. some point yeah and yeah. I kept waiting. I was like, I wonder, am I going to have like a half Indian baby in like nine months that I'm unaware of? <laughs> yeah. No, that, that reminds me of a time that I ended up uh, blackout drunk 
and woke up the next morning with cereal all over my body and my hand still in the cereal box. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. <laughs> I, like I literally woke, I was like, what? Where? It, what? Why? How? How? Yeah. You're like, it hurts. Was it yeah. like a really crunchy one, like like Apple Jacks or something that like cut you? It was those uh, oatmeal square cereals. Oh my gosh, those aren't soft either. Yeah. No, but they were delicious. They're not very forgiving. The funny thing delicious. about it is when I woke up, I still had cereal in my mouth. So I just kind of oh God, you're so lucky you didn't I choke kinda, to death. I know, huh? I kind of just started like chewing and finishing <laughs> eating. <laughs> yeah. It was oh pretty it's just like a seamless like, like Oh my gosh, that's yeah. so funny. I can't handle it. So <laughs> Did you think you were dying? Like was that your first I thought, thought? there was just like, like, was like, I was like, oh, there's blood everywhere and it's <laughs> chunky. and Especially uh, with the chainsaw in the background. Yeah, like. no, I was freaking out. And then I'm like, what is this? I'm like, non, like half eaten non. <laughs> and then I'm like, there was no Indian in the house. And then I'm like, how did I get Indian in the house? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's insane. Yeah. And, and like, it, yeah, it's needless to say that was the last time I took Ambien. It was the last time for me. Well, I, I don't blame you. Although yeah. um, there are some other sleep aids I might recommend. You know, uh, I'm so exhausted, well. and that's true. I'm so exhausted these days that you know, as long as I, if I, if I can survive this week of like the actual move and then like driving with animals, that's a great Florida, sleep aid. Yeah, that is going to be. I'm going to get there and I'm going to sleep for like a week and then I'm going to turn mm. around and come back up for a gig. So it's not like, <laughs> wow, that's <laughs> all mm. good. So yeah, it's a crazy, it's crazy times, but I'm, I'm yeah. excited about today. Um, I don't know what we're doing in the detour. You'll tell me when we get there. Mm -hmm. And then we have the interview today, which is really cool. We have an amazing uh, person. I'm really looking forward to talking to you. Debbie, Debbie, look at me. Debbie, Debbie, Debbie. <laughs> That's me not speaking English due to my own exhaustion, not because her name is in simple. Debbie, Debbie, <laughs> Diane, Debbie Seraphim, who is, um, how would you describe her? Um, pretty, I don't know. She seems like very like easygoing, very talkative. Oh no, I meant like her work, but like that, I mean, I like that yeah, too. I like that description. Great. And then, yeah, um, she's a, she's a, I guess. The body like a positive coach. Body positivity coach. Yeah. Which is something I'm very interested in and I could probably use. And I've got some questions for her cause I'm like, how does one reconcile? Right. Yeah. Like it's hard honestly, to be body positive. Yeah. Even I think even for those of us that like, you know, everyone always talks about how like, oh man, if I just could have appreciated my body five years ago when I yes, was only I 10 pounds overweight or whatever. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of like one of those things where I think no matter where, what your body looks like, almost everyone could benefit from more body positivity. Definitely. So, Do you know yeah. who doesn't need it? Who's amazing? Who? I don't know if you follow her. Lizzo. Oh, I know. Lizzo's awesome. If I, I could just like, Lizzo. like bottle that and drink it up <laughs> and just be like, mm, this is what I'm wearing today. Everybody dig. Like, just like, mm -hmm. I'd be so down with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's a little Lizzo. Yeah. So yeah, I think she's going to be an awesome interview. Um, also specifically talking about like eating disorders because she had an eating disorder and she had to navigate through that. To get to that's the place got, of body tough. positivity that she's at. Ooh, ooh, I'm looking forward to so, hearing about this. Yeah. All right. Well, shall we, now that we've got, and then, of course, we're going to do the gravy afterwards. 
Yes, ma'am. As always. As always. We've been gravy. (laughs) (laughs) We both did the exact opposite thing. (laughs) Wait, wait, let's do it like you. Let's do it like you were doing it. You ready? The The gravy. Okay, but before that. Yeah, before that, we've got the detour. You know what? It'll be like I like it's how I'm always good. a little kid and you're always a dad. And I'm always and I'm just like the wheel and I'm like and I can't help giggling every time. I'm like, what? Okay, yeah. all right. Here we are. All right, it's the detour. The D. No. The The detour. <laughs> yes. That was a big corner. <laughs> okay. Hi Danny, welcome to the detour. What are we doing today, Danny? Um, I may or may not have a special guest for you today, Dan. Oh, really? Tell me, tell me. I'm so excited. Yeah. Well, it's it's a surprise. So <laughs> is it? Yeah, I'll be right back. I'm gonna go get them. Okay. They're in your house. All right. Well, Danny's not here. I'm just gonna say I'm a little bit concerned that he's got maybe the secret guest is his um lovely fiance. Or oh hi. Hello. Hi, who are you? You're supposed to introduce me there. Oh, I'm so sorry. You do not know who I am. Is this an insult? This, this is yeah, some I, kind of I'm, American joke. It is. I'm I'm incredibly sorry. I am a very rude American. I'm a I'm a fat white rude American. I'm the worst of all things. Um, you must know I am Dmitry Markov. You are Dmitry soldier, Markov, First Federation of Russia. Oh wow! So yes, that's come to very talk interesting about atrocities of Ukrainian government. Oh really? What is so? So you believe, Dmitri, that the Ukrainian government has been committing atrocities? Many atrocities, yes. They Nazis. Oh, they're Nazis. Um, I'm pretty sure their president is Jewish. Exactly. He, he's Jewish Nazi. What kind of government of Nazis elect Jewish person of a, of their country? That's you know this what? why Russia must complete destroy. That's that sounds illogical. I, I I would tell you that a, a Jewish Nazi would probably be the worst kind of Nazi, but I, I think they're really no, it's rare. No, because Jews are going to take the world. Oh, really? Because they are Nazis. And so this is why Russia must completely destroy. I'm just confused a little bit about your logic here, because the Nazis were basically anti-Jewish, and uh, the Jewish people are very anti-Nazi. No, I can speak true. as one. No, not, not so much? No. No, no. This is you all must propaganda. Listen to the supreme ruler of Russia. Who is the supreme ruler of Russia? Oh, that must be that's that's Vladimir Putin. Hey, don't get testy, yes. Dmitri. So, where are you calling in today from? I'm calling from great nation of Russia. You, oh, so you haven't even have you gone to Ukraine yet? Many times, many times. And have you done I, horrible things there? Should I do a screenshot? No, no. Russia do not do horrible things ever. We very nice people. We very. This is why we liberate the people of Ukraine. But it's very apparent that they don't want to be liberated. Why keep going? No, people of Russia, people of Ukraine do want liberation. People of government of Ukraine say no. This is why we must destroy government. And today I come to talk to you about atrocities of Ukrainian government. I don't. I'm I'm pretty sure, aside from some pretty heavy corruption, uh, like a, a decade ago or so, I'm pretty sure the Ukrainian government isn't interested in any kind of, like what, like what kind of war crimes do you think they've committed? You want to know uh, atrocities of Ukrainian government? 
Uh, I would like to know what you think they are, even though yes, they're not real. Yes, number one. Number one atrocity of Nazi government of Ukraine. They yeah. tried to preserve their art and their cultural and history. This why, oh, shame on them. This is why Russia must destroy all museums and art institutes of Ukraine because they are Nazi institutes. Okay, so are you seriously saying that because they want to keep their own cultural heritage that that they're, one, they're one, Nazis? One moment. Yeah, what you got? No, no, I, I'm very sorry, Miss Neil. Yes. I'm very sorry. I, I misspoke in I misspoken two minutes ago. We not intention we not intentional destroy art of Ukraine. This completely accident. Oh, you just accidents that you're destroying My all the apologies, art and cultural history. Mr. Putin, please do not kill me. That was a misspoke of me. Yeah, that's the thing. Have you yes, seen complete accidents? Yeah, I would be really careful. Um saying anything for Putin because he seems like he's pretty trigger happy and Supreme or by trigger, Putin I mean. Very good, but do not say a wrong thing because he will put in bullets your head. He will bullet your, he, has, he will put a bullet yes. in your head exactly yes. and or Novacek in your veins. He does like a bit of what Novacek poison. Novacek? You, Novacek, it's a Russian, Russian government. No, nothing of this neuro poison. We, oh, we did a, not even. I didn't say it was a neuro poison. Propaganda of the West. Is it propaganda of the West? Yes. So what did those people die of? We not know what these people die of. We didn't we had nothing to do with this. If you remember, it could not have anything to do with Putin because Putin was actually Russell a bear in Russia at the very moment these people died. Do you know what so the time Russia is? Russia could now? have nothing to do with it. Nothing to do with it. The time for Putin is now for him because he does like to wrestle a bear and and i think it's time for him to wrestle hank the tank which we have discussed in previous episodes <laughs> because hank the tank is uh if you know hank the tank can bust into everyone's house in uh where was he He wasn't in reno he was at lake tahoe nevada that's where hank the tank was i think hank the tank could make a dent in and yield putin Yes. Also, one thing I must say is yeah. the Russian government have nothing to do with Hank the Tank. We did not drop him off in Nevada. Are you sure about that? Yes, very sure. All right. Well, that's one I can actually believe. <laughs> do I believe? Okay. Must... But the rest of the, the rest of this is is his propaganda. Now, have you ever listened to anything other than Russian state-owned news? All news in Russia is not state-owned. It's all complete democratic elected news. Okay, that's just a fact that it's not yes. true. No, no. See, because people vote in government that they vote for get to choose news. They right. vote for that news. This how right. this how a true democratic system works. Is that so? Unlike the West. Because I believe in, in Putin's last election, he won by like 97% or something that's just not even humanly possible. No, it's very but possible because there were people more of votes Russia than love Putin. There... There were more votes than there were actual Russian citizens in that election. No, I, I, I think mistaken. I you think, think mistaken? mistaken? Yes. So yes. what about all the people who think that you're mistaken? Those people know exist, except for Russian, <laughs> except for Western propaganda. Yes, those Western people propaganda. know exist. This, I must set record straight. I must set record straight. You understand this metaphor? In, uh, I, I in, understand. In Russia, it. we have these things called records. There, you play music on them. Oh yeah. Yes. I've never seen a straight record though. 
It's the last. It's the last. In fact, there are no straight lines the world where you can listen to any record. In West, they no have these anymore. I I don't know. I have a pretty decent collection of records. No, I, I think none you of them are straight. To, I think you're lying. You you break the rules of Russia by spreading West propaganda. I spread. You know what? I spread yes. Western Western facts. Yes. So but, I feel pretty rough for you, Dimitri. Um, is there anything that I can do to change your mind or get you to stop actually acting on behalf of Russia? No, Russia's main supreme country of world, supreme leader of world is Vladimir Putin. I mean, no, no, no. Supreme ruler of world is, is Russia. No, it's Putin. Because Putin, no, it's, he's not dictator. Oh, he's, he's not. democratic-electic. In that election where more people voted than there are citizens. Yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. okay thank you very much for my presence on your show, your Western propaganda. Okay, you're welcome. Must leave. Anytime. I would love you to come back at some point, Dimitri, and uh, no. tell me tell me what you know. Okay. No, no, you can I tell me not, what you've learned. Do not appreciate your West propaganda. So, no, I will not return. Can you can you promise me not to hurt anyone? Yes, I will only hurt Nazis. Okay, what if there are no Nazis? There will be there will be no Nazis. Very no, soon. no. You know what? If you really want to, you really want to get some Nazis. There are a few places out here in the United <laughs> States with a lot of white supremacists here. No, those are not Nazis. Those United Soviet States of America, led by Donald Trump. Yes, those are not Nazis. Those are Russian soldiers. Wow. Yes. They're Russian soldiers undercover Annoyingly. in America. Annoyingly. Wow. Yes. There's like a whole lot of, of uh, misinformation today. Yes, coming from you, ma'am. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, All right, must well, leave. <laughs> Spasiba, Dimitri. Spasiba. Yeah, see you later, buddy. Wow, Danny. Well, Danny, that was an interesting guest that we had. I'm really grateful that Dimitri stopped by so that we could see just how terrified the Russians are of their own leader. I guess it's always good to get two sides of the story, right? Even if one side is nothing but propaganda. <laughs> Completely nuts. <laughs> Completely nuts. Well, um, I'm really excited about this interview with Debbie. So um, if you don't mind, we will say goodbye to you, Danny, and we'll yes, say hello to Debbie. Yes, ma'am. All right. All Toodles. Right. Bye. And I'm so excited to introduce Debbie. And I think two ways you can say this: Seraphim or Seraphim, which is how Seraphim, which is how like I would naturally say it. And and this is actually really cool. So I should tell everyone that Debbie and I don't know each other. We just met, but um, Danny we found seem Debbie. To be hitting it off well. I think we're okay. Yeah, I, I think so. we're going to have fun. Yeah. We're going to be fine. Yeah. Gonna be <laughs> Can you fun. imagine? We just have like a half hour of silence, you know? Like, this is the best podcast ever. They're just looking at each other. It's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> but so I would awkward. I would describe you, after like going through all of your stuff, I would describe, tell me if this is the right description. You can change it. I will. A body positivity coach. Sort of. I'm going to change it. 
Um, okay. but I like, I like that it's in there. Like you don't have to edit it out. Um, so I call it, uh, I call myself a body relationship coach. Um, and I think, so the reason that I don't call myself a body positivity coach, I actually, I love body positivity. Um, I love people feeling good about their body. I think that body positivity has, but has been a very strong answer to a very toxic diet culture and right. diet culture is very black and white thinking. The only problem that I have with body positivity is that it's sort of in the same vein of black and white thinking and that, um, feeling bad about your body is bad. And then you have to feel good about your body and that's good. And then what happens to you on the days that you just don't feel great. And then you feel kind of like a failure. Um, and so yeah. you know, I think for a really long time, I filled my social media feed with body positive imagery. And then I was looking at these women and I was comparing myself and I'd be like, she's bigger than me or she's smaller than me or she's this or she's that. But whatever it was, I just assumed they were more confident. And now that I'm a body relationship coach, I work with some of those women doing the body positive posts. And guess what? Wow. You get like a snap of them and then you don't know how they feel about it afterwards. And so right. what I tend to subscribe more to, as much as I love the, the idea of body positivity, um, I really sort of subscribe to body neutrality, which is you can love your body even if you don't like it all the time, because I think having a relationship with your body is like having any other relationship. And so then I compare it to the relationship I have with my husband and he hates when I use this analogy, but I'm going to do it anyways, because we've been together <laughs> for a really long time and he's fantastic. He's sexy. He's a good cook. Uh, he's a hands-on dad. He is shit at waking up in the morning. It's like I have a third right. child. And um, for, it's, it's just, it's like, I hate, I hate it. Um, and for years, I really fought him on trying to become a morning person and we would fight, but then those fights would spill over into the rest of the day because then he wouldn't have something done. Like, you know what? If you just woke up at the time I told you to get up and, and so there was tension. And when I finally sort of made peace with the fact that, you know what? He's not a morning person. He's not a morning person. I don't have to like that about him. I still love my husband and we can have a great relationship. And so I kind of think that the way we feel about our bodies can be that, right? There is this culturally ridiculous standard that we're all being held to. Nobody meets those standards. That those standards are designed around um, a white body type, but also like one or two percent of the white body types, right? So it's this yeah. unattainable standard for everyone. And even the people who meet that standard see their own flaws and their own problems. So nobody oh. gets to feel good. Nobody so, feels good. Feeling good doesn't have to be the goal. You don't have to like it for it to be okay. And so I help you make peace with your body. Okay. So I love um, that because yeah. like, that's the most important relationship you can have with anyone to begin with in the world is with yourself. And then mm -hmm. having a relationship with your body makes complete sense. Like you said, because yeah. you can love it all the time, even if you don't like aspects about it or things mm -hmm. that it's doing or, you know, I, I mean... I mean, we'll get into this more. I have so many questions for you. This is fascinating. Most importantly, cool. <laughs> how did you how did you get into this? This is like a this is not something I've heard a lot about, and I and I I didn't know it was a thing to be honest. And I'm like, wow, yeah. this kind of needs to be a thing. Yeah, well, that's kind of how I felt. So my story is um, my story is a sad story. No, it ends fine. Um, <laughs> I was raised by a mom who is 72 years old, um, and she to this day still has an eating disorder. So wow. she raised both my sister and I to have eating disorders. I was put on my first diet at the age of six, which blows my, my goodness. My daughter's turning seven next week. 
Oh um, my goodness. I was put on my first diet. Yeah. At the age of six. And it was a preventative diet. Um, so that I wouldn't have to undergo the ridicule that my mom went. So gotcha. Um, so it was like I calorie restrictive. Fat. It was just, yeah. these are, these are good foods to eat. And these are foods that keep your body. Okay. And these are bad foods. And these, these are foods that make your body not okay. Um, and at the age of six, I was already sort of a, aware of there are good bodies and there are bad bodies. And if you have a bad right, which body, is... you should be doing everything in your power to make it a good one. Um, so that by the time I was in high school, I had a full-fledged eating disorder. Um, and I got really oh. lucky. My parents got me in with a therapist and a dietitian, So I got rid of a lot of those behaviors because the, right. you know, you got, you got to get rid of the behaviors, but I didn't just start liking my body. No, I the thinking really structure's probably there for a really long time. Yeah. And it's, and it's reinforced by everything in culture. Right. Yeah. So, um, I actually came out to, um, to Los Angeles. I came out here for college, but I came out here to be an actress. Um, nice. and which is great. And also incredible standards for what it's insane supposed to look like it's um, but just so you know like even when I was like at peak like when when I was like on the cover of L and things like that I didn't feel like I was fit in in LA I felt like I couldn't to. yeah and I was because I was like oh I'm not I don't never be tan I don't have boobs even though I'm five foot ten and at the time wait I kid you not totally naturally 110 pounds yeah, well, was like that's, that's the point though right is that if yeah you know, nobody's happy say, nobody gets nobody, to enjoy it if, Feeling like, I always say, feeling like your body is broken is not a symptom of your body being broken. Feeling like your body is broken, no matter what size you are, right? That doesn't, right. that goes from like, you know, zero to, to 500, like it doesn't matter, right? Feeling well, now like I'm 200. It's a very different, right. Is, is not a symptom of your body being broken. Feeling like your body is broken is a symptom of this very broken diet culture. So, um, and I mean, I, it, it got, it got worse before it got better, that must have been so hard, though, especially when you're young and you're so, you know what I mean? Like you're in college, you're college age and. Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's just I, the, the thing is, is that I think what was so hard for me about the Hollywood scene is, to be quite honest, it's it's just a more brutal version of the real world everywhere right? else. Like you're yeah. just allowed to yeah. say fucked up shit about looks in Hollywood, whereas you're supposed to keep it to yourself elsewhere. In fact, I was very good at being an unsuccessful actress. Um, and I had my, <laughs> my manager at the time, I remember her calling me um, and she said, are you sitting down? And I said, "Uh Oh, what's wrong? And she's like, well, I'm just having such a hard time with you because you're not pretty enough to be the lead girl, but I don't think you should gain a hundred pounds and be her best friend. So how do you think about getting your nose done? Um, and you want to know what's super what? fucked up is yeah. I got my nose done and you want to know what's the worst part. I started going Tell me. on auditions. I started going. Of course, on of course you did. This because is, there's such this a is one thing. minded idea of what beauty is supposed to look like. Right. Um, oh my God. That's, that's insane. And, and people yeah. keep talking because they're like, why haven't you been working? And I'm like, well, I'm 200 pounds now. And it's like, yeah. they're like, that can't possibly be it. it there's it, Melissa it McCarthy. Is, I love everyone that says is, that. And I'm like, uh. No, First the, of all, there's one of her. And second of all, not how it works. I guarantee when I lose the weight, I'll be working again. Well, but the other thing, so we're, I mean, the, I mean you're, there's so much stuff here that you're talking about that I'm going to want to like take tangents on. So you, yes. you can't yeah, yeah, I know. But what you're talking about is thin privilege, right? And then yes. you as a 200 pound person have very different right. thin privilege than Melissa McCarthy, who has probably at least at times been much, much heavier than that. And so right. again, like, where I was, what my manager said to me is she's like, well, you're not pretty enough to be the pretty girl, but you're not 
fat enough to be the sidekick. Sorry. And I'm right? just shaking my head because like, it's ridiculous to me because you're gorgeous, but okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, but thank you. And I had a nose job. So yeah, no, I'm just, <laughs> but, um, but right. Like these, these cultural acceptable things that as fucked up as it sounds. And if anybody in any other part of America said that to you, you'd be like, that's a bitch. But I have to say, that's a good manager, right? Like she started getting me on auditions. I paid to get my, well, she knows, she knew the thing that was preventing you from working. She knows what, and that's fucked up that that was preventing me from working. Right. Anyway, um, I was, I was still, I was now auditioning and now just not booking. Um, and so there was no one to blame for that, but me. And so, uh, in order to pay the bills while I was, uh, while I was not booking roles as an actress, I had a brilliant idea. And was like, oh, I'll become a personal trainer because then people will just pay me to exercise and be thin. Right. And don't forget. And I can still um, audition. Mm-hmm, I can still audition. And that way I'll just be paid to work out and work on my body. Because again, I didn't get to feel comfortable with my body. I was still no. struggling with my body. Um, I, I, have, honestly, I honestly, I don't know anyone that feels comfortable with their body in LA. I like, don't know anyone who feels comfortable. I, I didn't mean I to be- cut you I off. Believe, no, no, please cut me off as much as you want. No, um, I believe that our culture, honestly, our culture is designed so you don't get to, right? So that's very that's much myth, so, right? And so, um, so that's where I had that sort of realization, though, is as a personal trainer, I had all these women coming to me asking me to fix things about their body. <sighs> Um, including models. And I kept thinking like, well, when is she going to notice that my abs are oh, yeah. or this? And that's when I had that like, oh, oh, oh it's not about what you look like, right? Like I've yeah. always thought I feel this way because I don't look a certain way, but now right. I know I just feel this way because this is the way you're, you're, you, you can't see me doing We're trained to feel. You're trained to feel. And, the, and yeah. it, this is the way it feels like it's the only option to feel. And so that's when I actually took a step back because I didn't know how I could continue to be a personal trainer without sort of propelling the myth that there is one way to have a body. Um, and so I did some, I did some self-exploration and stuff. And that's when I decided I want to help people work on their relationship with their body. I want people to learn that they can love their body, even if they don't like it all the time. Um, well, and so there are I different love this. versions of what I do out there. I've seen other people say body image coach and stuff like that, but yeah, I kind of, I kind of, it was. Well, it's been interesting. Cause like, yeah. I, I mean, since I, I've had such a wide variety of like physical experience in the last couple of years. So, you know, spent the first 40, whatever, two years of my life, super skinny and super tall, like naturally it always cracked me up because people like all those models are anorexics. I'm like, nah, we were just 14, you know, like that's mm-hmm. it. Like we were most, I, I met one, um, model with an eating disorder that I knew of in all my years modeling. And yeah. we were all just super skinny, mostly because we were really, really young and it was just natural but not that anyone felt good about their body. And then when I started acting, you don't get to. And then when I started acting, uh, this isn't hyperbole. This is, I would say I'm, I'm one of maybe five to 10 and I've worked with tens of thousands of actors between all the guest starring roles that I know of that does, that I do not have an eating disorder. Like I I could not believe how prevalent it was Mm -hmm. in, Mm -hmm. in the entertainment industry. Well, shockingly, it's, it's crazy. The numbers are going up. I'll throw some statistics at you though. This, this one kind of is going to blow your mind. Um, because one in four diets will turn into an eating disorder. And, um, a lot of times eating disorders go undiagnosed because we live in a very fat phobic culture. And so we as a culture believe that eating disorders have to be thin. And some of the worst eating disorders that I've worked with are in fat bodies. Um, right. because here's a myth, right? You, it, you, 
you you say you say none of us were starving ourselves we were just young yeah and also you don't get a choice in what kind of body you have right, right? like my sister i'm 5'4 um i've always been sort of like just i i don't know compact, what that means. you're very like lean I'm yeah yeah my yeah. sister is 5'8 she has like a little bit more of like a britney spearsy sort of look to her a little bit where i have yeah. always wanted her body i know she's always wanted mine i or couldn't mine. get her body if i tried she couldn't get my body if she tried um, you don't get a say. And there is this sort of myth that, you know, if you want it bad enough, you'll be thin. And the truth is, is that bodies come in different shapes and sizes. And that's not like, well, they come in different shapes and sizes up to a certain weight. No, bodies come in different shapes, different and, shapes sizes. and sizes. Well, and this we is the... don't get a say. No, and I, well, one thing, one thing that I've been struggling with, so it's been really, it's been really interesting. So, uh, a lot of the time, you know, people are like, just accept everything is there. I'm like, yeah, but I don't want to do that because I, I I miss being healthy, right? Like I, mm-hmm. I got back, I put on weight because I was really, really ill and there was kind of no way around it. And so then all mm-hmm. of a sudden you've got like an extra hundred pounds on your body and you're like, oh, hey, this is new. And, mm-hmm. but I don't feel as good. So And so it's like, I don't want to body shame, but at the same time, like I want a body in which I feel good that can function well and is healthy. And so, and I don't think there's been a place in the world for that, which it sounds like that's kind of what you're, yeah. There isn't a place. Yeah, no. And then people start like the the thing that I find the most insane is is like there's so many questions, but like is the way people look the difference in people the way people look at you is Mm -hmm. shocking. I I mean, I even wrote like jokes about it in stand up where I made a a t shirt that said I beat anorexia so I could wear it out to restaurants so people would stop giving me that look like oh you fat cow shoving your face. You know what I mean? You're you've stumbled upon. I mean. It's, it's interesting because I, I mean, again, I was put on my first diet at the age of six, my whole life. I thought I was fat. I am now realizing I've never been fat a day in my life. I have been privileged, just like I have white privilege. Like I didn't get a say, by the way, I didn't get a say in what background or nationality or ethnicity my family is. I was born white. I'm also a woman, so that's like you yeah. know. I mean, like you get to where you are on the scale of privilege. We all have right. You have a few things, things. but I was born into a thin body. Um, I thought I was fat my whole life. Now I realize, oh, I wasn't fat. Fat people are received very differently. And I'm going to say, you as a yeah. as a woman in a now fatter body, um, you still are. Yes, you're seeing how people are treated differently, and there are people who are going to be treated even more differently than you than me. Um, it is because the bigger you me get, a- the more yeah. Oh man, yeah. I can't. It, I imagine that it is exponentially more horrific, like the way people yeah. treat you in in society. And I, I am. Blo- it has given me a level of empathy for people mm-hmm. that struggle with their weight to a degree. Like I, never again, never again will I ever look at anyone that's overweight the same way or think that yeah. ever, because it's it's um it's a constant state of shame. And even like, it's really funny, like even like people stopped being able to like, you know, went from being recognized nonstop all day, every day. to now people are like, you look like a fat version of that chick from law and order. Like, and it's amazing to me. And you're just like, it's amazing. But like, so my biggest question, this is the tough one is how do you, how do I love a body that society finds grotesque? Yeah. How do I start a relationship with a body that's that's the big that's the big million dollar question. That's the I big don't one. Think, the yeah, big no, one. and and um and that's why people you know work with me to figure out. It's not it's not like a 
I do have an answer. I'll tell you this. It's not an overnight thing. And it's I'll probably a process that, like all things in life, a process. Yeah. It's a process. And I also think it's a process that's never over. Right. Because I would say right. I, I have a good, I, I would, I would officially say I have a healthy relationship with my body and I don't like it all the time. Right. And some days are probably better than others. Totally. Some days I wake up and I'm like, oh, you're amazing. You know, and then other days I wake up and I'm like, what, who was that? And it can change <laughs> within the same day. Right. And so, yeah. um, we, when, when you work with me, you hear me talk about, I always say we have to make space for, I make space for what I call multiple truths. And I make space for truths that can, that, that conflict, but don't negate each other. Well, it's, it's a fascinating thing too. And it's, it's changed over like the millennia, you know, back in the day, if you had a few extra pounds, everyone was like, look at them. They're rich. They have enough money yeah. for food. Go. Yeah. And now it's like the, the more wealthy you are, the less you eat, you know, it's like, well, which is, uh, which is amazing. And then, and then we get into the whole cultural issue as well of like, if you're subscribing to the good food, bad food mentality, which diet culture does. Right. But the, Very thing, much about, so. the, the thing about good food, bad food is that when you break it down, everybody has different good foods and different bad foods. And, and I know, I know we're not, I, I know we're not, not, we're not going to do like a coaching thing right here, but my hope is that. Oh no, I was um, about to ask you, like, what are the general steps? Like we could do like a mini version of like what the steps are. Like I'm down. <laughs> Like to, um, to see, cause you know, people, I think people will find this really valuable, Debbie, like seriously, yeah. like this is, this is a, an area of major concern for most human beings on the planet, especially in this country, especially in this culture. And, yeah, I mean, and it's, I think it's so, it's so interesting too. Well, so here's, here's a way you can identify that your rules are different than someone else's. And so much of it is called, like, I didn't realize. And, and I think what we're talking about right now is food rules, but the truth is, is that these rules sort of spill out over exercise over self-care. Yeah. I know we were talking earlier about napping. So I'll, I'll do, I'll do, did, did you, did you have lunch today? Oh, me? Did You're you asking? Skip? Yeah. You, I'm asking. Oh, yeah, oh I'm, I, I'm, I'm I, do something I totally, you. I totally had lunch today. Okay, cool. Um, may I ask, did, was it hard for you to make the decision? Did you know what you were going to have for lunch? And I um, did. And I thought about it on the way home from church. Okay, cool. So was this, uh, so let's just, let's just do this. How, what did you have yeah. for lunch today? Tell me all about your lunch. I had, I had half of a pizza from and pizza because yesterday I knew this cause this, I'm moving this week. So everything is absolutely crazy. And my fridge okay. is almost empty. And on Uber eats, they were like two for one pizzas. And I'm like, great. I'll have one tomorrow for like cool. two meals. They're, they're like, I'm going to if show over. They're like about a foot long, super thin, like not a lot of crust. They're from this like hippie place here in Manhattan, you know, like again, okay. privileged to be able to buy pizza from a hippie mm -hmm. place <laughs> and <laughs> you know, where they do gluten-free dough, you know, you get your choice of what yeah. kind of dough, if you want cauliflower, whatever. So, right. um, so it was great. So had one yesterday for two meals and then I, I'll have, I had half for lunch and I'll probably have half for dinner. Okay. And I'm going to ask you questions. Are you ready? Yeah, Are you I ready? am ready. Did you, did you, was there a part, like, did you, did you separate the two halves? If you're having half for lunch and having half for dinner, did you separate the two halves and put some I away did. before you even, so you put it away before you even, what are you afraid would happen if you left the whole pizza out? Are you worried you would have eaten the whole pizza then? Had I, yes. Like had I reheated the, someone, to, I got an air fryer for Christmas and I was nice. like, what? Like amazing. So, and mm -hmm. half the pizza, that's how big the pizza is. Like half of it fits perfectly in an air fryer. So okay. before I put one, if I, I put the other one back in the fridge, because I knew if I, if I had it out, 
I need it. Okay. So then I'm going to say, what would happen? What are you afraid would happen? Um, if I had more pizza, I would feel guilty and I would feel like, wow, you overate. That was too mm-hmm. much. You didn't need to eat that much pizza. And Why would you feel what, what, what would make you feel it. guilty? Now, here's the thing. I am totally with you because, um, I, I know why I would potentially feel guilty, but I also know that the reasons I would potentially feel guilty would possibly be different reasons than you feeling guilty. I also know that there yes. are some people who would look at us and say, well, Debbie, you don't need to feel guilty because you're in a thin body and Diane's in a bigger body. Diane, and so she should, but again, uh, we've already no, but that's, that, yeah. That's kind of the guilt I would feel. So the guilt I would feel would be like, Diane, you're a fat bastard. Like, that's how I would talk to myself. Like, you fat, mm-hmm. fat bastard. Okay. You hate being in this. Like, I, it's since it's especially, it's a new thing. And it's been a really unpleasant experience mm-hmm. being in a fat, like a fatter body, a bigger body. Mm-hmm. Um, I've tried to enjoy some things about it, but uh, I try and write lists of things I like about it. So I don't get mad at it all the time, but it has generally been an unpleasant experience. Yeah. And and so um, then I'd be like, if you, why do you hate yourself, Diane? Why do you want to be in this bigger body for the rest of your life? You know, like, don't you want this to well, end? Like, stop. So I would, I would, I would understand that in that, first of all, I, 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 I see the different way I've been treated over the years. I'm, I'm very thin. Um, anybody looking at me would say I'm very thin and I am not the thinnest that I've been. And I've seen how behaviors have changed around me in just the little bit that I varied in thinness and I'm in a thin privileged body. So I understand it. And I see how the world treats fat people and, 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 um, one of the big things I've learned is that guess what? Skipping that half of pizza. Isn't really going to make much of a difference. Is it? it? No, we, it isn't because we don't really get a choice in what type of body we have, right? Like, again, you're white. You don't, you're not white because you chose to be. You're white because you right. are. Um, and when you were thin, you weren't thin because you did anything for it. You were Yeah, thin I did nothing. Never body. dieted a day. Yeah, yeah. And, not, and not a people, single day. Lots of people do diet and are thin, but I think the yeah. mind-blowing aspect of that is that, you know what? There, you really don't get a choice in the size body that you have. Um, You can play with a couple of pounds. And when I say play with a couple of pounds, you know how people are always like, I just can't get those last five to 10 off. Yeah, Yeah. that's because you reached your limit. Guess what? But you you played where you could play. You played, cool. But you don't really get a say. Again, statistics, 95% of diets Mm -hmm. fail. Fail. 95% of diets fail. Diets, um, but but, like 99% of diets work in the short term. So anytime you're like, you see somebody, if, if, if someone's just lost weight, cool. If that's what they want, cool. The truth is, is that their body was just as, just as fine before, even if they didn't feel it, right? We've got these multiple right. truths. The truth is that their body was fine before. Their truth is that they didn't notice how good their body was until they lost the, the weight. The good thing is I have yet to have diet. <laughs> well, no, that's good. But do you <laughs> I feel haven't tried that? to diet yet. And I'm glad that you haven't, but do you, do you oh, feel terrible. that you're thinner because you skipped the, the other half of the pizza? Because. Um, no, I feel, I feel, do you know what I feel about with the other half of the pizza? I don't feel thinner. I feel less full, like that gross, like sluggish feeling. Okay. And I feel like, oh, sweet. I'll have something for dinner. The thing cool. where, where I really struggle, the thing that I have a lot of trouble with is like, I 
And I know there are different forms of eating disorders and body dysmorphic disorders where people focus on like exercise. Um, but like when I got sick, I couldn't exercise anymore. Like I was really mm -hmm. ill and I didn't realize how much natural exercise I would do all the time. And I love doing fun things. Like I like jumping mm -hmm. out of buildings and jumping off of cliffs and I like surfing, like and that kind of stuff. Jumping exercises. Yes. Yeah. Yes, you yes. know, this is my favorite <laughs> kind, but do you know what I feel? And this has been the hardest for, for me in trying to, because, um, the nice part, it's, it's really weird because in my head, I'm still thin. Like I have the opposite of, you know, the people that have a ton of weight mm -hmm. and then lose it. And in their mind, they're still, they're still bigger. Yep. Um, like I have the opposite of that, which is really yeah. not healthy either. Cause everyone, I'm like, I think I'm small and I'm really not. <laughs> but, uh, with exercise, with exercise, I feel like it's a punishment for real. Like I, I was thinking about this before talking to you. I'm like, how do I feel about exercise? And I'm like, I view exercise as a form of punishment. Like okay. how, like. And I'm like, no, I have to I, that's, get that's around diet that. Culture. That's, that's yes. diet culture. That's diet culture because, so that's so interesting because diet culture really tells us that we, sh again, air quotes, should be exercising should. and that exercise should look a certain way. The truth is, is that bodies move. We discriminate against exercise, but our body is just, just like we discriminate against where we're getting our calories from. Oh, it was a salad or, oh, it was cheesecake. The body just knows right. we got calories. We needed calories. We needed Ooh, energy. She gave we us got energy. It. Cool. Again, nutritiously different, but, but your body doesn't, your body doesn't only need nutrition. It needs a lot of things, right? right? So it's the same. Our body, we discriminate where we're getting our food from. We discriminate where our exercise is coming from, but our body just knows it's moving. And so, right. you know, diet culture really sort of pigeonholes us into this is what exercise looks like. And unfortunately now you've got a whole world of people hating exercise. It's so interesting because literally this morning, Diane, I did a yeah. workshop. You're um, kidding. No, I'm not. In fact, so this, next, is, this is, yeah. Oh, sorry. I didn't Ask mean me. to interrupt you. <laughs> No, please. no I was, I was going to say, this is like so fascinating. And like, we, like, we do have to cut it off at some point, but I, I have yeah. an idea. If you don't mind in the near future, will you come back? And like, can I come sit in on some of these classes? Yes. Are you kidding? Okay. Me? Yeah. Can That's I, amazing. Can I, do, I would can, love that. I would, I would, I would love, love, love for you to sit in. And can I, can I like throw up? Uh, can I, can I do, it's not a sales pitch, but can I tell you a little bit about no, something I, I would, I run? Cause I think yes, it's cool. And I, I think you should like recommend and you should tell people about your website, you know, whatever you've got going on. I want you to be able okay. to tell people cause I'm going to be exploring this um, to everyone at home. Yes. So yes. If you'd like to, if you'd like to explore your relationship with exercise next to Diane, um, please Call the woman who is not a doctor and speaking to her on the phone right now. Uh, no, um, so two non-doctors just sitting here talking, <laughs> just sitting here talking, exploring exercise in a non-medical way. Um, no, I I do one-on-one -on -one coaching, and if anybody's interested in that, it it um, it feels it feels. You've, you've kind of already probably gotten a feel of a little bit of what it feels like. Yeah. Yeah. No, it like, I'm, I, that's why I'm like interested. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> I, I need more of this. But, um, but I do have, um, a membership community, which is, I'm Ooh. kind of, I'm kind of really excited about it. It didn't, it started on accident, kind of like body relationship coaching did. I had done a workshop and right. we were kind of exploring cool things in the workshop. And then the women really connected. And I was like, let's, let's keep exploring stuff together. And so part of what I do in the group is we help identify our own fat phobia because we all have really fat phobic beliefs. We can't, Oh, we're swimming. Oh, I'm, I'm sure I was like a dick before, like, and not knowing, not, and not, and, and totally unaware. It's kind of like you're, 
when, when you're unaware of like, oh, wow, that's racist. You know what I mean? Or using the R were things that, you know, we've changed, right? Like mm-hmm. this kind of thing. I'm sure yeah. I was a jerk to, to people that were bigger. And, and now I'm like, probably, you're probably honestly still fat phobic because some of the worst fat, like some of the most fat phobic people are people in bigger bodies because they just oh, believe absolutely. that I am bad because I'm fat, right? Yeah. And this it's, is it's my a, fault. I deserve this. This is just, this is no shame on me. Mine. And it's not true. You don't get a say. So the fact that, um, the fact that, that I understand why you don't like being in a bigger body. Again, our world's really fun to people in bigger bodies. I get it. And you've yeah. been on the other side. So you know the difference. You're like, oh, I want to be yeah. treated like that again, right? Well, but that was fun. Yeah, like that was that a good was time. Fun, right? I I want to give you the power to not need to be thin to feel that good. And Ooh, I do there we go. I do believe it exists and I'm watching it happen with some of the women. Um, well then, then you know to, what? Let's yeah, try. Um, let's try that. Let's let's do. We'll we'll um we'll talk more outside of this. We'll try that, and um and then hopefully people can come with us on the journey, and then you can come back on. I would love that, and we can talk I about. It. This is all I want to talk about ever. <laughs> okay, good. This is good. This is good. But we've gone. We. I've I've ruined it for you because I've taken from what a half an hour interview to like almost an hour. So I I should uh, ever let everyone go because I know everyone is like driving a car. Something like I want to hear the rest of this, but everyone, don't worry. De- Debbie's gonna be back. We're gonna work on this. We're like uh, you can come on the journey with us as we figure out yeah how to how to do this the right way. Yeah, because I can- love it. Because because everybody everybody has had days where they feel fat and they feel thin. Except guess what? Newsflash thin and fat aren't actually feelings, right? So I still have the thought of like, I feel so fat. And then I realized, oh, when I'm feeling fat, I'm having a day where I am not aware of the power that my body has that goes beyond the way it looks, right? Right. And again, it's not size specific. You've got thin women feeling this way too. Today, I don't appreciate the power that my body has beyond my looks. And then on the days that I feel, again, air quote, thin, that's a day that I realize I have power and I'm feeling all my power because my body doesn't look any different than it did yesterday. But today I'm aware of all of the power that I hold. Feeling it. And so I do believe, Diane, that I don't know what your body's journey is going to look like visually. I don't know what your body is going to continue to look like, but I do believe that you can feel the power you had when you were thin. I don't think it's gone. I think you just... I just think you haven't figured out that you're allowed. I think you haven't been allowed to tap into the power that you had since you were thin. And that's yeah. what I'll teach you to do. Is, oh, I love um, it. Yeah. So it's still there. I don't need your body to change. You get to, you get to evolve. Um, yeah. Debbie, that is like, <laughs> that is incredibly impressive. And I'm like, I'm re- I'm really grateful that you were on today. Like really, I'm, I'm incredibly grateful that you're here. And I look forward to this because I think, I think yeah. people will be really interested in this and like hearing more about it. Oh, this was so much fun, Diane. Thank you. Thank you. And you can stay on for a moment. So thank you, everyone. Thank you to Debbie. And um, we will see you soon. And I'll be with you joining you shortly for the detour. No, it's not. We already did the detour. It's the gravy. Danny and I keep getting these messed up, the gravy and the detour. This is what happens when you're starting. All right. Thank you, Debbie. And goodbye, everyone. We'll see you shortly. Thank you. i
Hi, it's Diane. I'm back again for the gravy. Just a little something extra. But um, Debbie and I ended up talking a long time about this. It's it's fascinating to me because, you know, how you talk to yourself really does kind of shape things in your own head and the rest of the world. Um, Dandy and I were having a giggle because it, it has been a really weird thing to put on weight uh, rather quickly and rather dramatically, like a, like a, you know, twice your body weight. And the way people treat you is shocking. <laughs> it's so mean. It's so mean. And people look at you with just like abject disgust, especially if you're eating. Like I have not been able, since I put on the weight, I haven't been able to enjoy going out to a restaurant and just like, you know, you go out to a restaurant and just like throw it in your mouth hole. And when you weigh like 110 pounds, throwing it in your mouth hole, like everyone's like, good for that skinny girl. Look at her. And then when you don't weigh that, when you weigh like 200 pounds, everyone looks at you going like, you fat cow. And um, I don't like feeling that way. And I don't want anyone else to feel that way. And, and it is, it's, it's, it's wild. Cause in my head, I, I still am skinny. It's so like, even Danny and I were joking the other day because I love to dance and I dance like anytime there's music on anywhere I am in any store, any shop out on the street of someone on a bike with like a ghetto blaster strapped to the, the front handlebars drives by my like, mm, dance, dance, oh, dance, dance, dance. And I caught a glimpse of myself in like some glass, like the reflection. And I was dancing away. And in my head, I was moving. I was like, I'm all over the place. I'm like one of the fly girls from back in the day. Like it's happening. And, uh, I saw the image in the glass and that skinny person must've been inside the giant body, which was just kind of slowly jiggling. <laughs> it wasn't really moving at all. And, uh, but inside I was working it up, man, throwing down raising the roof. It was crazy. It was, it was amazing. Um, and I would, I would just like to have a better relationship all around with this stuff. I've, I've never dieted in my life. So, uh, it's been really hard when I needed to cut back. I haven't been able to as well. And I do have that horrible relationship with, um, exercise where I'm like, it's torture, it's punishment. Like if I was in the gulag, I would imagine that they're like, Diane, get on that treadmill. Like, Why do you hate me? Why do you want me to die? Uh, and I've got to figure that one out and try and make a, a better goal. Like, cause the truth is I don't really care what size I am. I just want to feel good. And I, I, I bet like a lot of you, like I haven't felt good in the longest time, by the way, the light in here, it's sunset, the light streaming in sunset in Manhattan, Belvis is up on the table next to my gear, the light shining off his beautiful coat. You're a beautiful, you're my beautiful puppy. Oh, I love you puppy. Oh, I love you. Uh, I just wish you guys could see it because it's kind of glorious. A cat with a halo. Gorgeous cat with a halo. But I'm going to keep this one really short uh, because we did talk so long today. The truth is, I, I want you to come on the journey with me. I want you guys to feel good. I want to feel good. Uh, I want us all to live our best lives, but not in like that stupid way where you're like, I'm living my best life. And it just looks good on Instagram. I mean, like where you actually feel good and you're making progress within yourself and you feel like you're having a complete human experience. That's what I want for all of us. And Valve. He's a good kitty. You my guy? Give me a kiss. Give me a kiss. Give me a kiss. Oh, I love you. That's my guy. I'm going to go take Charlie on a big walk. I know Valve wishes he could go for a walk. Not so much. 
and then I'm going to get back to packing because, you know, the big move is coming up and I got a big paper due. But just know uh, if you guys are in some kind of crazy boat and there's like lots going on in your life, I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. So I'm going to learn what I can. I'm going to share it with you. And you know what? We'll figure it all out together. Sound good? Sounds gravy, Dan. Thanks. I think so, too. All right. Absolutely adore you guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much for your time, because I know that's the most important thing that any of us have. And I'm always grateful when you spend it with uh, me here on Hearsay. So thank you. And I will see you guys next week. Bye-bye. Sliding up, be some, it's a homicide.